Hello everyone and welcome to the Breaking Uneven podcast. We love to talk shop, uncover the beauty of failures and play a few games. Today we have with us the founder of Swami Drinks, Anish Hasan, one of GQ's 30 most influential Anish is an avid award-winning photographer and a connoisseur of wine, gin, whiskey, cigars and cheese. Uh all of which is very apparent if you follow him on Instagram. Um and finally he also hosts a podcast called Anish Thing, I think pun intended. Um <laughs> but I have to say that is one of the most interesting introductions we've ever given. But have we missed anything? No, no, that covers everything. Amazing. So, so let's uh, let's to get started. We play a little game called Twitter Pitch Challenge. I'll hand over to Jamie. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so Twitter is known for its 280 character limit on every tweet, which sometimes makes it a little difficult to convey your thoughts. So it takes about 20 seconds to speak 280 characters, and we want to transfer this challenge to you to explain to us, Swami, in 20 seconds. but we won't make it easy we want you to also use one emoji and one hashtag in your tweet um any questions no i think it's pretty straightforward perfect so i uh, let me know when you're ready and i can start the timer i'm ready 20 seconds right yes okay so 3 2 1 well majority of your drink is the mixer mixer make it the drink so you've got to use swami to have a tasty drink that's about it Uh, the emoji would be that uh, tasty emoji where the guy's drooling a little bit. That would be the emoji with it. And hashtag. Oh, hashtag. Uh, hashtag would just be uh, delicious drinks, something easy. Okay, perfect. Tasty, delicious, that sort of a vibe. Yeah. No. That's that's a good explanation of like what Swami is, but we we'll definitely delve further into it through our conversation. Cool, awesome. Um, so let's start off. You know, simple. Obviously, a lot of Swami is about the brand that you created. That it's not just another off-the-shelf tonic water brand. So you know, we'd love to know about how you created, and to begin with, maybe you know why you chose that name specifically. I think the name question is the most asked question we ever get. <laughs> so, uh, so I'll start with why we started Swami, right? So, Swami was started by me, Rahul, and Sail. We are three co-founders. Sail is my brother-in-law, who is a teetotaler. He doesn't drink. Uh, Rahul, my other co-founder, he's been in the alcohol space since a while. He actually started the first brewery in Maharashtra that supplied kegs to other uh, restaurants. So he spent three years in the government, literally getting laws changed to do that. That's how I met Rahul because of home brewing. So three of us loved beverages, even though Sal did not drink. He drank a lot of coffee. Sal and I personally connected a lot on coffee. And uh, Sal was in Singapore for a few years, and he was like, "Listen, I want to start a coffee company out of Singapore." And I was like, "How about you do that out of India, and we'll have a much larger scale to work with." I was just brainstorming about this with Rahul and Rahul's like, I want in on this, but let's just do all alcoholic, uh, all non-alcoholic drinks. Why just coffee? And that's when we said, you know what? 
We also see gaps in the market in terms of mixers. Apart from Schweppes, there was no other brand in the country. Uh, we also had some eyesight on what was happening in the gin space. We, for example, knew that Greater Than was going to launch. We knew Stranger was going to launch. Again, Rahul is one of the co-founders of Stranger as well. So we also knew that that premiumization was happening in the alcohol space. Homegrown brands were coming in and mixers were just a wide space. So the more and more we thought, we realized that, okay, mixers needs to be the focus, not coffee. And uh, that's how Swami was born because we did not have enough options to drink ourselves and we wanted something better. Uh, why the name Swami? Well, we had multiple names before this name. Uh, we've trademarked how many names, booked how many domains. But uh, after two, three days between one of us or two of us would say, you know what, I'm not feeling this name. And uh, this again goes to Rahul. Rahul came from Kolaba to Andheri West. For those who are not familiar with Bombay, that's a that's a pretty long car ride in really bad traffic. And he made a keynote presentation on why the name should be Swami. And we were like, dude, just take it. The name is yours. Swami it is. <laughs> but in a nutshell, Indian name, one word, not more than two syllables, uh, something waiters could say easily, something that's not a typical cliche, like not a elephant or those kind of Indian sort of names, nothing, uh, nothing colonial. Uh, even if we export the product, there is some connotation of India, but not a very direct connotation. And Swami just checked all those boxes and it's just stuck, thankfully. Nice. No, I, I like the fact that, you know, <laughs> just kind of like, he did that car, right? So that's what, that, that effort you, you, you all are just like, okay, cool, you take this name. But no, I mean, it's it's a simple story, but it led to something, you know, so, so substantial, uh, substantial. And um, you know, speaking about the branding, what also stands out to me quite a bit is you know go, choosing to go with glass bottles instead of uh, instead of cans, which I know is not an easy decision. It's it's a more it's a tougher decision, and it it there is that kind of old fashioned feel to a glass bottle. People today still rave about, you know, drinking Coca-Cola out of a glass bottle. Yeah. So what was it that, you know, got, I'm sure there was a discussion there as well. Of course. In terms of choosing. So I think when you're building a premium product, uh, glass bottles definitely feel a lot more premium than cans. Uh, you get Perian cans and you get Perian bottles. It's very easy to see which feels more premium. Having said that, we will have our products also in cans as parallel SKUs that most products do. Again, Perry is a great example of that. You can look at all the beer companies, everything, right? You first launch in bottles and parallel do cans. I think US is the only market that I can think of in the world where cans, where, where perhaps that perception is no longer there because at least breweries, just a lot of them champion cans and that's how they've been. Uh, but in India to do cans and then if you really want to do good quality printed cans and all, it's a it's a pain. So glass is, uh, glass for us was a no brainer. We were very clear that we're not going towards pet or plastic or any of that stuff. And, uh, it's a bespoke bottle. It took a lot of effort to build the branding in the bottle out as well, but glass it is. And we will do cans at some point, but a lot of consumers prefer glass. Uh, a lot of hotels or restaurants want, want glass that feels more premium. Uh, so yeah, that was the main reason to go with glass first. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think like throughout, like you, there's a lot of like logical 
um, approaches that you've taken in like making decisions and things like that. And like, I guess one of the questions is that we understand why you chose tonics out of like conversation and it makes sense because of your liking with like gin, whiskey, wine, but you also have experience in wine marketing. Um, so why did you go in like the alcohol space and like itself or um, what was the influence of like that marketing experience that you had um, on your brand today? So coffee and wine have built my palate. Everything I've learned in terms of taste has been because of these two beverages. I think in India, wines, homegrown wines never became cool. Homegrown beers are cool, homegrown gins are cool, homegrown mixes are cool. Homegrown wines, they're not cool. If I if I tell you you have to take a bottle of wine to someone's house and your budget's 2,000 rupees, if there's a 2,000 rupee Indian bottle and there's a 2,000 rupee Italian bottle, I think most of us know the answer to that, right? Uh, and also somewhere I think the wine industry, like, I learned a lot of this because of the wine space, but, and, and, you know, we kept hearing that in five years, things are going to change and wine's going to explode. We're not a wine, we're not the best wine producing country by any stretch. Uh, wine consumption in India is not as, uh, it doesn't come to us as naturally as it would in Europe or US or whatever. So it is a, it is a pretty tough market to uh, really crack. And even if you look at the Indian players, a lot of consolidation happened, uh, a lot of smaller wineries got bought over by bigger wineries because you you just cannot survive. So I think in terms of building cooler brands, alcohol and non-alcoholic beverages have a lot more uh, have a lot more scope than wines have. And and I'm kind of done with Indian wines. And every time I say something like this, I know a lot of uh, people from the wine space won't like it. And and I've championed Indian wines for a number of years. Like my earlier startup, Hipcast, the original name of that product was Indian wine disc. So I've, I've really championed that for a very long time. But if if I was to look at Indian wines, I can't think of more than 10 wines I can pick. I'm not talking about brands. I'm saying across the brands, there are not more than 10 wines I would pick that I would happily drink on a regular basis. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I would say that I think India, yeah, non, like people go out for beers more than they do like have wine with dinner and things like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, what about like any? We're a beer, we're, we're a beer drinking and a whiskey drinking yeah. nation predominantly. Yes, definitely. Um, so yeah, why not any of those then? Why not whiskey? Why not beer? Well, uh, we were very clear that we wanted to work in the non-alcoholic space. Having said that, now we're a group company. So Third Eye Distillery is the parent company, and the Swami under it, the Stranger under it. Uh, there's a brand called Short Story, which is a new liquor brand under it. Then we're also importing uh, uh, plantation rum into India and distributing that. So at Swami particularly, we though we are non-alcoholic, we work very closely with all alcohol brands. And as a group company now, we have alcohol and non-alcohol products to work with. <clears throat> yeah, no, I think it's, uh, you know, the it is the fact that if people are going out there and building beer brands and you know, gin brands and everything, they can all have that with Swami. So it, it kind of makes sense that because there is that space and that uh, yeah. niche you've identified, just to keep growing it and go off the marketing of the rest. Sorry, one more thing. There's another exciting space, but apart from Bira and perhaps Simba to some extent, no one's really made a big dent who's gone from the smaller crowd space into a bigger commercial this thing, right? 
So Bombay has craft beers, which are mostly local. They're smaller businesses. So does Bangalore. But at a packaged level, like packaged product level, apart from Beera and Simba, I don't think anyone's created a dent in the beer space either. Yeah, I think there's a lot of microbreweries, you know, the, the, the likes of Peppingut and, and stuff like that. But agree, there's no, none of them have really kind of taken off to the next level. But, you know, speaking of that, the marketing aspect of it, right? So you all have the, the three cal tonic and the three cal uh, Coca-Cola and stuff like that. So generally, when you talk about, you know, diet products, you, you would come down to a, a zero calorie product. Was that keeping it at three cal, again, a more of a marketing thing than a, than a, you know, recipe thing. So that. No, that, that, that's, that's, that's purely out of the nutritional test, what it's told us. So our nomenclature of uh, diet or low cal products is uh, to just put the calorie in the name, right? Makes life easier for everyone. So we have a three cal tonic, we have a two cal cola. I think if I look at the exact nutrition, it must be 2.7 calories, but 2.7 calorie tonic doesn't sound nice. So three cal works. And I think even the cola is like 1.4 or 1.5 or something, but you can't really say a calorie and a half cola. Uh, those calories come from the flavors uh, that we use. So we, we, we're still using good quality flavors. Uh, we, we were in no race to make it 0.5 or zero calorie as such. Uh, whether it's one or two or three calories, we're pretty fine with that. And on a menu, it makes life simpler, right? Uh, the moment a consumer reads Swami three tonic, it's a pretty easy yeah. statement to understand what it is. Uh, yeah, so I think from a branding perspective, it also makes a big difference there because you see today your diet cokes and all of that actually do have a bad name in the market, you know, because people have identified the other kind of side effects and stuff that, that come with it. And even to a certain extent, when I see something at zero calories, I get a little taken aback that, you know, that there must be a bunch of stevia and other artificial sweeteners. And if I see a kombucha at 12 calories for 100 ml, I'm okay with it. I don't mind consuming 12 for 100 ml. What I have an issue with is 80 or 90 at 100 ml. So that three cal thing, I think from a branding perspective also makes a, it's a good thing. We also do one more thing. We actually put the full calorie count on our front label. Yeah. So, and, and, and this is not. And there's not like per 100 ml or something that we're doing. We, we put the full bottle calorie on the front label itself because a lot of these kind of things, right? Low cal, this, that are very misleading. Uh, I've seen products with four times the calorie say uh, low cal or whatever. So we actually put the calories up front on the front label there and then. And that makes it easier for the consumer, right? Like you don't have to think and calculate like yeah. how much calories and yeah. that is just easy in terms of like, okay, I know what's going into my body and that makes life a little easier. And I think um, in this day and age, things like brands or communities that make your life even like a little easier is what people like gravitate towards. And like, it's those little things that make up an entire, um, in, like an entire experience as a whole. But like coming more into like the non-alcohol uh, part of drinks and things like that, I actually recently read this article um, a few weeks ago on Forbes where it said that um, worldwide people initially used to go to like non-alcoholic drinks if they had an alcohol problem. 
And now, um, it, like now where we are at, like post COVID, people have just like changed their preference. They're going more towards non-alcoholic drinks, just enjoying like what they're drinking over the either like getting drunk or the experience post that. And we've seen that you that you focus on that aspect as well. So what is like the future of Swami and how much more do you expect like the non alcoholic drinks part of the business to grow um, as compared to just like tonics and other mixers um, that you also produce. So we were very clear that our portfolio, our portfolio has to address two categories, right? Mixers or tonics predominantly with alcohol, a product like a ginger ale overlaps between the two categories. Lemonade does that, uh, cola does that to some extent. And then we have a range, which is the non-alcoholic gin and tonic, non-alcoholic rum and cola. The idea is that whether you drink alcohol or not, I should have a product for you. And uh, it is true. People, at least Gen Z is drinking less than what millennials, uh, I guess, drank. And for us, there are multiple use cases here. One is, of course, teetotalers who might, if you're a teetotaler, usually your option is a Coke, Pepsi, uh, Red Bull and a pack of juice, right? What else can we offer them which could be a little more interesting? Like Just because it's non-alcoholic doesn't mean it cannot be complex. Like the non-alcoholic gins that, uh, gin and tonics that we have, we have a regular one and we have a pink uh, version of that. And they're based, they start with juniper, right? Which is what gives gin its smell and taste. So like how complex and how different can we make a non-alcoholic drink for someone who who doesn't have any options apart from those three, four uh, beverages. And then there is a use case where people want to drink less. I may want to go out for brunch, but I want to drink something, but I don't want to drink alcohol and that fits in. So exciting category. We, we are very, very focused on it. Like a product like the lemonade, right? Our lemonade is our first product at a cheaper price point, at a more affordable price point. And that works great with tequila, great with gin, or just great by itself. So uh, we want to be able to address people who drink and people who don't drink both. Yeah, it's nice to see how you're like catering to like a different thing because it's not even necessarily that um, a person doesn't drink alcohol, but at that point in time, they just might not want to like just having that option over that. And as you mentioned, like brunch, like sometimes people don't want to drink, like if it's like a brunch during the week because you have like the rest of the day to work and things like that so it's just like trying to enjoy it um without alcohol and as you said that gen z definitely are more uh inclined towards not drinking although a lot of people that are out of choice just not, don't want to get either like started with alcohol itself so it's nice to see and even like india as a whole i think i wouldn't necessarily or at least compared to compared to the west i wouldn't say is a very alcohol driven uh, country like there are a lot of meals or a lot of outings and like things like that which do not include um alcohol so just like focusing on that makes a massive difference was it like catered towards india or um like gen z or was it just like a random decision that you made in terms of focusing on that uh, n none of these things are random anymore <laughs> i think i think when you're starting a business a lot of things can be random but as you progress that random element becomes a lot uh, lesser. Again, looking at the population size of India, right? We have such a large population that drinks and we also have such a large population that doesn't drink. And then 
for us, we want to drink for every occasion. It's actually as simple as that, right? Uh, I today don't want to drink. I tomorrow want to drink. Uh, and that's how it is. And I, I genuinely want a product for every occasion for that. Yeah, I think um, it's, it's a, I mean, it's a no-brainer, as we said. As you mentioned, right? the mixers are there for people who want to drink. There's other stuff for people who don't want to drink. And I think even, you know, you see Heineken with 0.0, the massive, massive push they gave it globally, right? There, there's sponsoring some of the biggest sports events, billboards across the largest airports and stuff like that. So they obviously have identified that it is a market where they can put that much money to get that much return. I don't know if you've tried the Hogarden Zero. It's a it's a tasty product. It's a good product. Yeah, even Heineken Zero is really good. It's, I mean, I have a close friend who just drinks beer. And just recently, we were flying back from London and I told him, why don't you try Heineken 0.0? And he was like, his mind was blown. He was like, and he's, he now has that on days when he doesn't want to drink. Odinga has a zero beer in one side. Uh, got a couple of friends and I actually poured them that. No one could figure out any difference, uh, difference till I really pointed it out. Yeah, and I think it's a good like inclusivity thing as well. So like, for example, my mom, she doesn't drink at all. Um, and when we have family dinners and stuff like that, she now has that Heineken 0.0 just to feel like <laughs> to feel like she's part of the the drinking vibes as well. But um, but yeah, so how does you know? Obviously, there's a lot that you do that's beyond Swami, and you know, just I think it's a strong part of your personal brand and all of that. So how does having your own podcast and that you know great following on social media, etc., how does that help you with your business? I've always been a curious person and uh, also I think Swami's a curious brand. A lot of stuff we do is, see when you're starting in the beginning, right? A lot of stuff you do is pretty entangled with how the founders are as people, right? So I think, uh, and I think in certain ways, Raoul and I are very similar. Uh, in certain ways, Sahil balances both of us out because let's say he doesn't drink f- for once uh, as a small example. But I think initial days, your personal preferences and choices come into the brand quite a bit more and as the brand matures then you know you start to give the brand its own identity so i think we've reached we've reached that stage where the brand's identity is pretty well defined and it's not that we keep tinkering with that as per our personal preferences but what we collectively decide and how it helps the brand to me is that wherever i am talking about any other thing it's for me, I'm the de facto face of the brand. And if if I'm there for me, Swami's also there in some way or the other. So when I, when I talk about when, when it's my podcast, right, it's very clear, even in my intro, for example, that I co-founded Swami and, and Swami will always be a part of, in a way, whatever I do. And why a podcast? I, I saw this really funny meme that said, uh, go for therapy instead of starting a podcast. Uh, why a podcast? Because uh, I do ramble a lot of a lot on Instagram, and I just think Instagram's not a archivable format, right? Uh, I'm too lazy to write anymore. Uh, I do really like long form content, and I hope that really makes a comeback. But I don't have the patience to write. I would love to read though, and I think podcasts were. It's something I wanted to get into and I luckily knew the people at IVM. Uh, so spoke with them and we uh, figured a way out to do this. And yeah, I, I just want everything to be, whatever I'm putting out, it to be archivable, searchable. Hence, YouTube is also a part of what 
like every episode goes on to youtube as well uh yeah and and i i think in terms of content i don't see a lot of this kind of content out of india like when i was thinking of my first watch episode apart from two three people who from india would have on the podcast i couldn't think of too many people but whereas if i look at youtube for youtubers who watches abroad there are so many names i can think of i also think there's a lot of scope to create much cooler content out of india that somewhere is lacking now i definitely agree um with that if for me also i think um podcast as you said it's funny that you said that like go to therapy and start starting a podcast but um it is a way of like um just like having those conversations and things like that and even like listening to it a lot of times when i'm walking from home i just have something on in the background you learn so much passively and um just like you take in you're absorbing information constantly so yeah hopefully like more long form content like this does come up cuz it's definitely interesting but how did you get started like was it just in terms of um like this like it what was like i guess the process of starting so okay you had the conversation with um i how did it like go from there so i was very clear that i will not be able to manage production myself because either i can work on the content bit or i can work on the editing bit there's no ways i'm managing everything on this uh so i initially spoke with ivm uh and again i've known them uh, since a while uh so i don't know maybe amit initially one of the co-founders i spoke with him and he was like yeah this sounds cool now i'm assuming he like there could be a thing that he was also just being polite right so he's like okay this sounds cool but first things first let's make a list of 30 episodes that you would do and i was like okay now thinking of 30 episodes in one go is a tough task so i took a decent amount of time to figure that out uh once i went back with the 30 episodes or whatever that list was then we further decided okay are we looking at a seasonal podcast what is the grand plan with this for example my grand plan is that i want to grow this into a massive podcast over the next 2 3 4 5 years this is not a Yep. seasonal or a short term summer project yep. or a winter project for me that gave us clarity that okay now that it's an ongoing thing we can deep dive a lot more into topics right then it was like okay what are the umbrella topics going to be so for me relationships is going to be a topic uh in a nutshell my podcast is podcast for the curious like what i said i'm a curious person and if i'm into something i want to dig deeper if i if i want to uh, learn about something i would again want to talk to more people about it learn more about it so it does both things for me i get to learn a lot more and i get to deep dive into some things that i might be into so we've kept the podcast topics very very broad uh right from relationships we've done an episode on polyamory uh on non monogamy we've done several episodes on fnb which could include anything from pizza where uh, alex was just rambling about eats a dough for 20 minutes to coffee to rum uh then we i just put out my first watch episode so there are a lot of these kind of subcultures that i can keep going back to none of these are like literally any of these subjects could be a podcast on its own so i have enough stuff to talk about uh a lot of things keep changing like watches will always have new watches every quarter same with affordable art same with fnb 
so for me it's a pretty broad subject uh, um, like pretty pretty broad umbrellas uh, or subjects i'm working with yeah no it's interesting um that you have such a a broad spectrum of things that you talk about so it's more like you cater to a much wider uh, audience overall yeah. compared to like other podcasts which are a little more niche in terms of um what they it's niche for. yeah <laughs> yeah okay awesome so uh let's play the dream team uh anish you have to fill the top three position positions that swami drinks um so first you have to choose what these three positions are and then i'll show you a list of eight global founder ceos and executives um and then you can choose three of these or you know any of your own choice to fill those three positions and the reason why we you know ask people to choose the top three positions first is because you know nowadays it's not that a ceo or a coo is necessarily going to be in the top three right you might need a cto more than the, than you need a ceo so if you can tell me your top three positions first and then we'll do the choice choices after all right okay those are a lot of big names <laughs> oh the positions i would fill in uh, indra would definitely be ceo the world's second largest beverage okay. company ceo 100% yes <laughs> i would actually have uh, melanie to be the cmo Okay. Awesome. Also because to take on a brand like Adobe and kill it is not a uh that's a big big thing what they felt. A lot of respect yeah. on that. Um Who else? Netflix definitely no. Genius. <laughs> This pretty going back I, I I think I'm like the Slack ambassador. So Stuart <laughs> to be uh what position would he be though? Uh I would have him as I'm thinking I'm a CEO. So Indra is my CEO, Melody is my CMO. I will have him as entrepreneur in residence. Let's be a little hipster with this. He would be that person who actually <laughs> solves a lot of things in the company, builds out new things. Uh, yeah, I love it. Well, moving on to another challenge. It's called two lies and one truth. So, whether it's a challenge or your biggest achievement, the idea is that you give us three statements from which one explains the actual big moment at Swami. and uh the others are two false statements and then um anuj and i will guess which one is which all swami related right yes uh if possible but otherwise even if it's um personally that's also fine okay one of our original names was bombay tonic company one of our original names not like earlier names was space goat and one of our again earlier names was indian beverages i think the truth is space coat i think one of your earlier names was space coat i think maybe the truth of bombay tonic company 
Why would you pick Space God as the truth? That's a ridiculous name. <laughs> but that's also the truth. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's why I chose it. Because I figured that, you know, it would... You know, you're trying to, when you're trying to make a dent, you know, you do try to think a little out of the box. Um, and I mean, you know, we, we have to do a rapid fire. Because why not? Um, but anyway, so... Let me know when you're ready. You've, usual rapid fire rules, you have about three seconds to give a one to three word answer. And yeah. So let's kick off. First question. How many all-nighters did you pull in your first year of Swami? Oh, many. Several. Don't remember how many. <laughs> did you have a question? Did you have a question whether it was worth it? Always. I think every entre- entrepreneur does that and that's pretty normal. Okay. Describe the first ever recipe, the first draft of Swami tonic in one word. I made a tonic where I overdid the quinine by 800%. That was not a uh, good product to taste. That was a mistake I made and that was terrible. (laughs) Okay. Now this is a, a bit of a challenge, but how many unique drinkable products does Swami sell? How many unique drinkable products? Uh, about seven to eight. Oh, we had that down as fourteen, based on like no fourteen is the full range. So I'm I'm for example clubbing the tonics together or yeah. Ah, okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, what was your first? I do know my. Uh, I, I do know how many products we have. If that's the question. <laughs> uh, it was just a kind of like a rapid fire thing. But what was your emotion when you first fired someone? Oh, relief. It was the first person I had to fire. I couldn't fire them for like three, four months because I didn't know how to do it Whoa. in my earlier company. And then I was quite happy when I finally did that. Okay. Uh, what is the weirdest? I think you'll have a very good answer for this, but what is the weirdest place from where you have worked? I have what? Like the weirdest location from where you have worked? Oh, worked. I think we were doing an extremely important investor call. And I was in uh, the middle of a, you you would imagine I'm in Goa having fun. I was in the middle of some highway in a (laughs) cab for like two hours doing this call. So not glamorous at all. Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. What is the best business idea that you will never use? business idea that I'll never use that we are a D2C company. Okay, interesting. Uh, now, again, I don't know if this question applies to you, but which hobby of yours did your did your work kill? Which hobby did my work kill? Actually, nothing. If anything else, uh, I've done this since beginning, right? Even during my photography career, I've been very lucky to build on whatever I like to begin with. So work does cannot kill anything. Okay, awesome. Um, Now this is kind of like a question based on like, you know, your Instagram, but which one do you expect to be better? Pixel 8 or iPhone 15? Oh, Pixel, without a doubt. (laughs) Okay. And then um, books or podcasts? Podcasts. 
Or I guess we have to say favorite, that. Yeah. We have to say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, finally, your favorite social media. My favorite social media would be Instagram. Although I miss old Instagram uh, without reels, yeah. that would be the best Instagram. <laughs> cool. So that concludes the rapid fire segment. But yeah, so this you know brings us to the end of our conversation. But before before we sign off, we ask every guest to ask a question for the next guest. So we'll first ask you the question that our previous guest Anika Sharma asked. Um, and then you can ask a question to our next guest. So her question was, what is your why for doing all that you do? I am curious to know what their why is. Why is it that they do all of those things? Uh, honestly, just to explore, be curious, uh, get small joys out of everything. That's such a wholesome answer. Yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> but everything is about that, right? Whether you have a good coffee, whether you have a good product, whether you go for a run, like, there are many small wins on a daily basis that you should explore and get into. So, yeah, thank you so much. We really appreciate you joining My us. My pleasure. Joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.